Middle Earth Shadow of War Nemesis System will have microtransactions. Micro. Welcome to Third Party Controller Podcast. I am your host, Jesse P.S. Lira with... Mears. And we are back this week, but you're probably thinking, wait, Jesse and Joe, where's where's, where's Bethel? Why, why isn't Bethel here, Joe? Ninjas. Fucking ninjas, man. They kidnapped him. Why did they kidnap him? Uh, to, to make burritos for them? <laughs> Actually, it was my fault. I got scheduling messed up, and I assumed Beto was free tonight, and I didn't check with him, and I found out, we found out he was working, and I messed it all up, and we're all super busy, and... Fuck you, Jesse. You fucked it all up. I'm sorry. I miss Beto. I haven't seen him in a while, and I didn't want to... It's your fault. It is my fault. Even though we text, and I don't tend to answer. But that's just me now. I mean, I don't... I don't answer as much. I mean, I can't give you shit because I don't answer right away either. That's true. That's very true. I mean, we could have, like, three-way texting because that's what usually phones do. But for some reason, Joe had to be someone who was out of the norm and got an Android phone. So for whatever reason, we can't do three-way texting. Just give me one more year, dude. I'll fucking get the iPhone 8SBC when it comes out. And then we'll all be a happy family again, okay? We can have a group text? Sure. Sexual group text? No. Can we call the headline of the group text 3PC Gangbang? <sighs> sure. <laughs> Alright. Well, Joe, who's over? Where you going, Phil? To my path, Phil. For reals, Phil? Nah, Phil. I'm going to the store, Phil. What's up? For real, I'm going to the store, that's fucked up. For reals, Phil. For reals, Phil. Yeah, Phil. For reals, Phil. Yeah, Phil. Damn, Phil. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. It's not cool. Don't never lie to friends. Um... What's going on? Um, what have we been playing? Really just Splatoon, man. Uh, I've been kind of busy. Um, I just about done. I think I, I've been taking my time with it, to be honest with you. And I've actually just been playing single player. Um, my goal was to beat the single player before I got to, before I play any of the multiplayer, which I am planning on playing this time though, because, I, um, you know, I, I want to get into that more. So I've missed out on the Splatfest and all that cool stuff that I've been seeing. It does all sound great. And I keep hearing about all these free updates and all the stuff that they're adding. It sounds like it's, it sounds really cool. Uh, I'm digging that. Um, but I've been playing it kind of slow. I've just been playing the campaign. And I mean, I like the campaign. It is generally just more of the same. And I've seen a couple of people be like, well, yeah, it's a campaign. It's a little bit better, but it's still more of what you've already played. But I've still been digging it. It's not boring to me. Um... It's a really good way to, to introduce you to all of the um, the weapons and all the mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. So I, I've really dug it. And I feel it's a little bit more fleshed out. It's a little longer than the original Splatoon campaign. I, f- I think it is. It feels like it is. I, it, honestly, it does feel like But um, I'm really enjoying that. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Splatoon's just a really fun game, man. And I'm hoping, you know, 
once I get playing uh, online that it continues to be that fun experience. Um, I don't know what's going on with the app as far as chat. I'm kind of like, I, I don't even think I'm going to use it. I mean, unless I play with you guys because I do want to do the Salmon Run stuff. I think I mentioned that before. We got to set up a, a date for that. But I just, I don't know what's up with the app and how the voice chat's been working. So we'll see how that goes. I'd like to be able to do that with you guys, you know, with a headset and to do everything. But, you know, I don't know. You know, we'll see how that goes. <clears throat> um, so really just been playing that. Um, I did... I started very little. I, I was going to get into it and I didn't really get far, far into it. Um, in fact, I really didn't get into any action uh, sequences. Uh, Hellblade. Uh, Senua's... Oh, so you did get it? Yeah. What's, uh, Hell, what's Hellblade for everyone? Hellblade is this is a game from uh, the developer Ninja Theory. And it's... there's I hate the term already, but it's considered a triple A indie game. Basically meaning the high production values and... Um, and I think just a high quality, how do you say it? Just assets, high quality, pretty much everything. Very high production values from a developer who is basically taking the indie route, I guess, on this now. They're, they didn't really, they're not working with a publisher, it doesn't seem like. I think they're doing it all on their own, if, I, if I'm getting that, I think if I'm getting that correctly, which is... Um, a, it's kind of cool. It's cool for them, like for them to just be like, you know, fuck it, we're gonna make our own thing. We're not gonna join up with a publisher. Um, we want to do it our own way. And um, B, it's kind of cool because they get to set their own price. And they set the yeah. price. I didn't know. I when I saw Hellblade, I was like, oh, this is like a full price game. I was looking at you know some things on it. I was like, I was like, oh, this is you know sixty dollar game. And then I'm like, oh no, it's thirty bucks on the network. And then I was you know checking out like some stuff on it, and I was like, oh, it's thirty bucks. And it's like, oh, it's an eight to ten hour game. I was like. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's got all the features, all kind of like the, all the bells and whistles you'd expect from a full, from a high-profile AAA published game. It's got a PS4 Pro mode. I mean, it's got a bunch of that stuff that you would expect from a game that was $60 coming from, um, coming from some publisher. Like, you know, even if Sony published it or, or whatever the deal. But, you know, I think from... And I mean, have you heard much of it? Because I don't know if I'm... I might be a little bit wrong, but I, I, I was under the impression that it's just a ninja theory. They're doing it themselves. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward... I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking it out because I've been a big... I, I like ninja theory stuff. I'm not... They're yeah, not yeah. the greatest. I mean, they're not the best developer, you know? But I mean, generally speaking, when it comes to story and when it comes to that kind of like games with story... They do a certain specific time of game, kind of game, pretty good. Your your basic like a it's like an action game with story. Um, going back to what was it? Um, what was the original one? The, the the PS3 game they made. Ninja Theory. Yeah, with the girl. Uh, uh, uh Heavenly Sword. Heaven, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He Heavenly Sword. Um, that was the first time. You know, that was one of, and it wasn't a very long game, but like that was one of the first experiences you play on PlayStation 3 where you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, Enslave was fantastic. They, I thought they did a really good job with the Devil May Cry reboot. So um, <clears throat> hearing what I'm hearing about this game, it seems um, I'm really kind of I'm really excited to play it because, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard much of the plot of it. I've been uh, on Heavenly Sword. I've been purposely trying to avoid it because I hear it's really cool. And I've been like, I, I try not to see anything visually, hear about the story. I mean, you can you can explain some stuff uh, if you want, 
But I've just been... I want to get it. I just haven't. There's just been other things that have been coming out. So I'm just more waiting to play it. Um, I think the biggest thing for me about the game that, that interests me, uh, one of the cool things... Well, one of them, I said, I played a few minutes of it. It looks really nice. You know, like yeah, yeah. something you'd expect out of a... Like I, like I said before, a $60 game. But one of the things I thought was cool is because there's this whole element of um, mental health with the main character. I'm not going to go into big details, mm-hmm. but I know that they worked with... Um, someone in the mental health field like as to get an idea you know to kind of like shape how that works with the character and I'm actually kind of interested to see how that goes you know there's some really cool mechanics too involving death and actually permadeath Mm -hmm. in the game that um, I feel like uh, will make kind of make for the tension in the game even though i've also heard that it's not that big of a deal although i did hear there's a couple of bugs that can ruin your experience yeah. i guess they just updated it so so cool that might be fixed but um if that's fixed cool honest you know you don't have to worry you yeah. don't have to worry about that but you still have that little bit of um there's that element of uh um uh, tension that you know that kind of a game uh can can bring so i'm really looking forward to that um other than that um haven't 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 played much it's been mainly switch man i've just been playing a uh, splatoon i actually want to get back into arms too i haven't played that uh so let's see i've covered my uh my switch i've covered my playstation 4 what have i been playing on xbox uh, uh let me think uh nothing i guess i might be playing um, I guess I might be playing uh, uh, Bayonetta again because that's free, right? Or is it already yeah, gone? Is that it <laughs> for them? I think Trials this month. Fusion's free on there too. Well, I mean, oh, uh, uh, that's Cuphead. That's that's cool. I mean, hey, man, we got um, we got uh, Crackdown three coming. So I mean, that's good, right? Uh, it got delayed. Son of a bitch. That was that was supposed to be like their Xbox One X, like day one releasing to show off the power of that console. So. At this rate, they might as well just fucking delay the Xbox One X. There's no sense in it. I mean, I, what's the fucking point? They have nothing for it. I mean, it's like they're gonna. I just I heard that Gamescom. They're gonna announce like right after Gamescom. They're like, ooh, we're gonna announce the pre-order details. But I'm like, fuck, I ain't getting. I, I'm. I've never been so 100% fucking positive in my life that I do not want that. <laughs> like, and I usually, I'm like, I'll force something. Even yeah, the, like, yeah. even if it's like, oh, the, the, it's got better graphics. I want that. And the Xbox One X, I'm like, no, I don't even, I mean, I haven't, they haven't even released anything good for the, for, you know, really anything that I want on the Xbox One that it's mm. doesn't get much. I don't, I don't get much use out of it. So it's like, you know, I, no. Yeah. Um. They they talked about because while it, well, everyone's hearing this, Gamescom's going on right now, and tomorrow, which is Sunday, Xbox is having their conference, and the rumor is the pre-orders will go up after that conference. But it's, I mean, they, tomorrow, well, 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 you guys will already know, they're gonna have to show off something like this is why you need to buy it, you know, on the day it comes out, you know, this is why you need to get it. Because you've never experienced Halo Wars <laughs> in 4K. You need to see Halo Wars in 4K and Gears 5 in 4K. You've never experienced it. It's something that you need to experience. And Forza! Forza! I feel like Forza is like the only fucking game they've really talked about when it comes to um, the Xbox One X and showing anything off. And like, you know, 
Don't get me wrong. It looks great. And, like some of the stuff I've seen is great, but it's a fucking racing game. Every racing game looks really, really good nowadays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the old thing to use. Like they're always going to look good on a console. So it's sad. It's kind of sad because like I, I don't want to feel this way towards them. But I mean, I'm to that point where I'm kind of like I really like the, with the PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch. I don't really feel I even have a need for a third console. And I hate to say that. Because, you know, when the Xbox One, you know, first came out, I was excited for it and yeah. everything. Everyone was, even when, no matter what, all the bullshit around it, when it came, you're like, you know, you're expecting the same high quality stuff from from Microsoft. And it just, I, man, they just, no, it just hasn't, it hasn't been there for me. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much care. it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. All right, uh, Jesse, hey, what's up, boo? Uh, before I talk about what I've been playing. Have you, are you interested or have you played Sonic Mania yet? I have not played. I've seen the reviews are really good, but I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big Sonic, like Sonic uh-huh. 4 was decent and I played a little bit of that and I was like, okay, this is okay for like a level or two. I'm yeah. just not a big Sonic game fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that it got good reviews because I was like, if this game doesn't do well, not even Sonic fans can make a good Sonic game. But it looks like... Sonic fans made a better Sonic game than actual Son- Sega themselves. Um, I want to get it. I want to pick it up. I just haven't. I haven't picked it up because I could wait for it because I want to get the collector's editions w- with it. But I'd rather wait until it's like, hey, forty dollars for the whole thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, I could get it for cheap. I could wait, and then if they sell out, eh, I'll wait till the game gets cheap. You know, I don't need to play it right now. But um, I'm glad to hear that Sonic Mania is doing really well. There's another Sonic. There's another Sonic game down the pipe, right? Or is this the one? Yeah, there's another one. I want to say it's called Sonic Forces. Is that the? Maybe you're right. I'm trying to think of what it was. I think it's that. I don't know. Okay. I, I know they are coming out with another one. Just um, I'm gonna throw a game at you that I don't know if you've heard it. Just going to Switch real quick. Overcooked. Did you hear about that one? Yeah, I want to get it. I want to get it for Switch, but I heard they're slow down, so I'm waiting till they patch it. And they said, I think the company that worked on it, um, the developer who worked on Overcooked for Switch, they're talking about like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get this fixed. So yeah, I heard it's it's a really really cool one of the really cool games that you can play for. That's a local got local four player club. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Seems cool. Yeah, that one does look cool. So, I've played a couple of games, but the one I want to talk about is one that I ended up streaming this week with Bethel. Um, it is the 25th anniversary edition of Night Trap. You know what Night Trap is, Joe, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that really uh, shitty full motion video game that uh, caused controversy uh, back like in the 1800s, something like that. Yes, yes. Night Trap, released for the Sega CD back in the day, the full motion video video game that was the start of the rating system in America. Um, Night Trap has been known to be a very corny, cheesy, FMV, but cult classic type of game because how it was. So just, just to put it out what kind of game it is, is it's a story about these girls going up to this kind of uh, this nice house that has traps in it. It's a security house. Not a security house, but the, the house has all these traps. And you find out you're part of this team called Scat Team. Jesus which is Which is Sonic Control. Know? Yeah. Do they yeah. know what... I mean, do they realize 
Jesus, scat? Yeah. Serious? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dana Plato, if you don't know the girl from Different Strokes, is in this game. She's the person who's undercover, and then you, the player, are the person who's controlling all of the traps to help her out. So you're part of scat team as well. She really needed that money for drugs, didn't she? Hell yeah. But, um, so what you have to do is, th you know, everyone arrives at this house. It's in real time. So when you're going into the different cameras in the room, you're seeing everything happen as it goes. So story could be happening outside in the driveway while there's these uh, enemies called augers that are getting into the house that you need to get them um, stuck in traps, right? So you get them stuck in traps and, you know, you have to catch as many augers as you can. If you let too many augers go free, you lose the game. But while this is happening, there's conversations happening in the house, story beats happening in the house with all the characters. So you're kind of trying to protect these girls, but also help Dana Plato's character undercover, but also capture all the augers that are coming to the house. And what augers are, augers are vampires, but vampires that were left um, toothless and unable to suck blood. So they need blood. They need blood a different way. So they use a contraption to grab the girls and suck the blood from with the contraption to kill. Like you basically kills the girls. That seems a bit like, why wouldn't they just use knives and shit? <laughs> then it wouldn't be fun, Joe. But, okay, so that's what you have to do. You have to trap these augers and try to get as many. So, it, like, it has this little counter, like, all right, this is how many augers you have, or the possibility of how many you captured compared to the, the amount you captured. You can't miss too many or it's game over and you have to kind of start over again. Uh, you had a question? I was going to say, um... Do, like, there's traps in the house to, to, to catch them, right? Do, like, how many augers are there to catch? Like, is there, like, a specific, like, a lot of them or just, like, a few? There's a possible hundred augers to catch. So is there, like, a hundred different traps or do you have to reuse traps? So you like, reuse traps. Okay. So how it is is you have certain moments to activate the traps when they're over it and it kind of lets you know. But there's different security codes which are different colors. So it always starts off as blue. So there you can start capturing them. And then later on, that's why you have to check the rooms because people could have conversations going, hey, someone's messing with the system. Let's change the color to yellow, you know, or green. Mm -hmm. If I don't catch it, I don't know what the next code is, so I won't be able to activate the traps. Um, so it's just finding out the key beats and where they're going to start talking, you know. But at first, when me and Bethel were playing it, streaming it, well, okay, this is how the stream started. We couldn't get audio to work. We spent 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get audio so people could hear us. And I was thinking, oh, man, I think this game doesn't let you do audio or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And then come to realize I actually had the whole thing on mute. <laughs> so that's that's why Bethel got pissed. But that's why, that's why we didn't have any voice. Or uh, you couldn't hear us. But then we ended up, you know, People were able to hear us. Uh, so we started off, but dude, it, we didn't know how to play the game. We're like, what do we do? We don't, we don't know what to do at all. We didn't, 
know how to capture the augers. We didn't know how to do it. So we kept losing over and over and over. After like another 20 minutes, we're like, this is kind of boring. We're getting frustrated. Really, me and Beto were getting really, really frustrated. Like, fuck, how the fuck do you play this game? I went on my phone. I was looking up. It's like, okay, you got to capture it. Make sure you're on the right color. I'm like, all right, well, what do you mean right color? And we didn't understand how to do it. I saw a review saying you have to be really, really precise with the times and everything like it almost becomes a memorization game where, like, if you're like 15 seconds, 20, 10, 15 seconds late on catching auger, you're that's it. You you don't you lose the window. But I was also hearing that, like, <clears throat> because of that, a lot of the key stories, the key story stuff, you you can't even really focus on it because you're so caught up in trying to find the right time to catch one that it kind of messes you up. The other thing I also heard, um, I saw a review that was talking about how it's, you know, the the uh, the developer that you know remastered it did a really good they did a, a very very like admirable job of making the game more playable uh -huh. because apparently like in the original one what i saw some pictures and i saw like you have like thumbnails of all the of all the cameras right that are going on right yeah, yeah, yeah. i think in the original one there weren't no, videos no, no. You, you just they were just little you had to hit them so you couldn't even couldn't fucking keep track of what was going no, on yeah. in, that in the updated version every window is a live feed yeah. of what's going on so if i see an auger going oh go to this room go to that room and the other one you couldn't <laughs> that's so fucked up yeah so we we're trying to figure this out the cool thing was the audience the people who were watching the stream were helping us out oh, nice. they were like oh this is how you do it this is how you do it we looked it up so then we figured it out and they're like, okay. And as we're going, yes, you, you don't, you're not, you kind of follow the story where you're going, but sometimes you got to capture certain augers, you know? No joke, Joe, it became really fun. Like, it ended up, like, it is not a great game. Like, you know, Night Trap isn't great. I like it for the cheesiness, but it was fun to try to capture augers, try to save people, and just, just, it was kind of, it's charming. It's so weirdly cheesily cheesy charming it's i enjoyed it honestly it was 15 bucks and i think it was 15 bucks well spent like we spent like we finished it we beat it to the end oh, yeah? me and beto and it took us like three hours and 30 minutes to do it yeah and then the next day i played it and i did it in under 30 minutes because there's a crucial part toward the end where you need to save somebody or you don't and then that like five more minutes later ends the game in a bad ending because you didn't save a certain person or I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I had fun. It was actually fun capturing them and, and watching the videos and just, it was, it was, it was in, it was, it was cool. I liked it. I liked Night Trap. Night, Night Trap was really fun. Uh, doing, uh, streaming it with Bethel was really fun. I know he really liked it. Like it was funny because the next day he texts me, he's like, Hey, so uh, how much how much is Night Trap? And I'm like, oh, 15 bucks. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, have you played it again since last night? I'm like, oh, yeah, I played it this morning. Like, I beat it in 30 minutes. Like, I wanted to see. I could have beaten it quicker, but uh, I messed up because there's there's key there's key moments in, in that game where you can mess up and you don't completely start over, but, you know, it starts you off like at a checkpoint. So it's like, okay, I got to start over from here. Um, But no. Uh, Night Trap, really fun. Do I recommend it? If you have 15 bucks to burn and you don't mind and you want to try something kind of unique, I say go for it. You can do worse with that money. Um, but yeah, Night Trap, I think you dig it. Honestly, Joe, like how you like kind of horror and some cheesy horror, 
I think you'd like it. I think you'd appreciate the effort they went through to make that game, to be honest. I can see myself getting it, like, on a flash sale or something like that. I might, I might try it out. I think it'd be a game, honestly, like, you and Jess would have fun playing, because then Jess could be like, oh, go over there, they're, they're, they're over there, you know, they're in the this section and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, that was one of the games I played that I really enjoyed this week. Same as you, I played more Splatoon. I want to do Salmon Run with you guys, but, like, they're... You're talking about their app is their app is like whatever, dude. It's not it's not that great. Nintendo could really, if they're gonna be charging at the end of the year, starting at the beginning of the year, they're really gonna need to like beef that shit up. Um, I played more Yakuza, Yakuza Zero. Mm. Um, I'm liking it. It's really cool. I've noticed a lot though, like in the beginning. I'm hoping that I hear that oh Yakuza opens up. It's like an open world beat 'em up, and if uh, like last couple episodes when we talked about beat-em-ups sean brought up that yakuza is like a beat-em-up game too just an open world Mm beat-em-up game and it is um but right now in the beginning what i played i played uh yakuza 3 on the ps3 and i played like i didn't ever finish it because they're they're long games 40 50 hour games but uh i played uh at least a solid 10 15 in fact i think it's actually up uh, i think i got it did i download it or not i think at one point i'm PlayStation Plus, it went free, and I downloaded it, so I have a Yakuza game on yeah, the yeah, PS3. Three, I think it's three. But I had I had bought it already too. I had, so I, I mean I I played the Yakuza games and they're they're fucking they're really they're fun. I mean the action does get repetitious towards the end, like after a while, but you can you continue to like earn moves and stuff like that. And there's some fucking crazy like pro wrestling moves that you can earn and like some yeah, really yeah. really cool stuff. And some of the characters are just really, uh, they're fucking out there and they're charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, there's some crazy characters that you just, like you end up digging. It's just a very long game and to play this kind of game for that long of a period of time, I, for me, I, I kind of, after a while, I just kind of, I tapered off how much I played, but I mean, they're fun. They're yeah. a lot of fun. I was surprised. Like I've always heard of Yakuza. I never really played Yakuza. I remember starting a bit of the first one on PS2, um, but I never really got that far. Um, I was surprised on how much it focuses on story. Like it really focuses on its story. Like yeah, there is, but not boring because it's really cool. It's like finding out like the inner workings of the Yakuza or what the the story specifics, especially in Yakuza Zero. Um, but that, I was surprised. It's kind of right now. I feel it's kind of um, held back because it needs to tell the story part before you can open it up. Because it's like, okay, here, there's this section. Okay, now we got to go here. Here's this section. Okay, now we got to go here. I think once the base story happens, then it'll be open world. But with what I've played, it's cool. Like, the combat's really fun. Switching between different combat styles is really cool. And then earning, like you said, you can earn other moves and everything. Um, I'm looking forward to playing more uh, on Yakuza 0. But right now, that's one I've kind of dived more into.
welcome back, and it's time for news. News. Middle Earth Shadow of War Nemesis System will have microtransactions. Middle Earth Shadow of War's expanded Nemesis system will feature microtransaction and developer Monolith has shed light on how they'll work. According to the studio's official announcement, the players can purchase loot chests, war chests, XP boosts, and bundles through the market to strengthen their army. Within loot chests and players will find weapons and armors as well as XP boosts, which makes Talon level up quicker. War chests contain new orc followers that will help you strengthen your army, as well as training orders, which will let you level up and customize your orcs. Bundles including a combination of loot chests, war chests, and XP boosts together at a package deal. You can also acquire Murian by taking down treasure orcs and destroying gear. Players also have the option of purchasing gold, shadow of war, other in-game currency, which can be acquired by spending real money. Participating in community challenges and completing specific milestones will earn you gold as well. Uh, for all the Lord of the Rings fans, if I mentioned or said a word that was uh, pronounced wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, Joe, what do you think of that? It's fine because Game of Thrones is a fucking way better uh, show than uh, fucking... Uh Whoa, Lord of the Rings is completely different. They're two different things. I mean, they both got dragons, man. Uh, they. Both. I know why. You like the incest in one of them. Lord of the Rings. I know, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, um... Fuck, man. I mean... You had, might as well say that, hey, man, our game takes a lot of grinding, but if you want to cut down on some of that grinding, pay us more money. And we'll make it, and we'll make the whole experience faster for you. Um, fucking hell, Warner Brothers has been just—I mean, for a while. Even with their their some of the games they've, they've been releasing that are solid, they just fucking are becoming the new. Who was it before them? Was it Ubisoft? The nickel and dime and everybody? I don't know. They're just becoming—they're yeah, becoming masters of fucking just nickel and diming everybody and making people pay for more and more shit. Um, but you know what? In the end, it's fine. You know, because you're releasing your game with all these fucking microtransactions and all this, all this added bullshit uh, in smack, in the ma- smack, smack dab in the middle of October, which is when Assassin's Creed Origins coming out and Super Mario Odyssey. So, I mean, I hate to say this and I hate to sound kind of like a dick, but, you know, well, considering you're, you want people to pay more money to fucking breeze through your game faster, uh, your game's probably not going to sell that well. So I don't really fucking care. We talked about this before. It kind of pisses me off. Even though the game was like $3 buying the first Shadow of Mordor game, knowing that the second one is going to have the loot boxes. Um, but I, I mean, when you really think about it, like, look, Overwatch has loot boxes, you know, in a multiplayer game. And that's kind of passable. It's still annoying because sometimes it's like, I'd rather just buy the outfits if I can instead of have random boxes. Or when you get the random boxes and get outfits you want for free, that's cool. You know, when you earn them. And that's a multiplayer game and say what you will, but I'm a little bit more okay with a multiplayer loot box thing for and matrix for cosmetics instead of in-game buffs 
add to your soldiers. Like, okay, look, and people have brought up this point too. Like, what if you don't have the time? You know, you're a, you're a father or you work a lot. You just, you know, hey, I'm going to spend the money to get my character all boosted up. I want to get through this game. You can do what you want. It's your money. I've always said, like, do what you want with your money. But I will say, putting loot boxes in a single player, though, that's where it's a little, to me, it's too much. They're going to come back and they're going to, um, they're going to, uh, I guarantee they're going to come back and they're going to, like, rephrase everything they're like well what we're trying to say is it's not that it's going to be a long like it's not that it's a grind but we're just saying that the, i have them they're going to come back and try to rephrase it or reward it and be like no, no no that's not what we meant i can already see it but i mean it's obvious that that's what they want and i think it's stupid i mean yeah look at microtransactions suck period right and some people are like there should be no microtransactions you're paying 60 dollars for a game you should be fucking getting the game and i agree with that um like you're saying loot boxes for cosmetic purposes in a multiplayer game still sucks but it's cosmetic and you know it is what it is so i mean i'd rather take that devil than having the the, the other the other devil of making a single player game go quicker because if you're going to make it go quicker, automatically, my first thought is like, then you're making it a grind on purpose because you want people to buy it. And nothing you say or do, you can be like, no, 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 no. We're just saying you can do this. But nothing's going to change my mind from saying, from thinking, oh, well, this grinding that I'm doing now in this game, the reason it's really there is because you want me to spend money, more money on top of what I've already paid for this game. And you can try to change it any way you want. But the moment I see that there's these options in a game, I'm going to automatically think, nah, you're doing this because you want me to, you know, it's the same thing. Um, Street Fighter V is a prime example of that. You buy the season pass. No, you can unlock characters by playing a lot, but you can buy the season pass too. Or you can buy the characters with real money. And it's like, okay, so you want me to grind is what you're saying. And, and I get it. They've, they've always sold their extra characters. But, I mean, it's just... You know, whenever that, whenever a game goes about it that like that way, I, I am I'm, my mentality is as soon as you want me to pay for some to unlock certain things, or you want me to pay for a microtransaction, and specifically for a single player experience, you're you've created this game with that in mind. You've added this unnecessary grinding in order for me to for you to want me to end up going man this is taking too much time i need to i need to do something to make it quicker you know that is a 100 percent free to play technique that's why games that are free to play do that when you're already paying 60 dollars for a fucking game or whatever you're paying for a game that supposedly is done in full you shouldn't have to see free to play mechanics in those fucking types of game it's never been cool and it's always been an issue in a lot of games, but it's usually always been on the multiplayer portion. But now, seeing someone so brazenly fucking do that in a single-player experience, it's kind of fuck. It's not only angering; it's kind of fucking scary, yeah. to be honest with you, because you don't know who else is going to take uh, their hints from that. So, I mean, when I, you know, I'm, I know I'm being kind of fucking dickish when I say your game's not going to fucking sell, but I really hope your game doesn't sell because I don't want that to. To make that kind of money and them to be like, yes, this worked. I want that game. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm sorry for to the developer. I'm sure they put in a lot of hard work, but I don't want that type of game to fucking succeed. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and that's what I was going to bring up too was I think it sucks for the developer though because it's the publisher that's forcing them to do that. So now they have to rebalance their game for that. Cuz they're try I think I think a developer really doesn't want to screw over the player. So they have to find a way to make the publisher happy and to add in these microtransactions, but then they have to balance it because the, of course the publisher wants you to have to have the player want to buy stuff, but then they don't want to be unfair and all the work they put into everything, they just have to, you know, they just have to like kind of play ball. You know, it's like, I, I don't like, it's more the publisher than the developer. They're just trying to make a game that's fun so everyone could play. But then that, that, makes your product that's coming out i'm not sure to everybody but like a negative view on it you know but at the same time even for me i how much does that impact the sales of this game do you think with the microtransaction loot boxes in in shadow war do you think enough people know about it or do you think it's just you only get the hardcore of hardcore people who are like against it I think in general you're going to get the hardcore of the hardcore um, that know about it. I think you know, as usual, you know, most gamers, you know, your your casual gamer isn't going to look into that. They're just going to be like, if they were a fan of the last one, which didn't have that sort of thing, they're going to be like, oh, I want to play the sequel, and they're going to get that. Which is why I'm saying, like, you know, and it's going to be rough because releasing that in a month with an Assassin's Creed and Mario Odyssey is not, not the greatest. Um, so that's why I'm like, there's that possibility that it can sell well. And I don't know, that would really suck. I wanted to bring up another game that went that kind of, kind of went that route. Deus Ex? Yeah. Deus Ex, the sequel. Deus Ex? You want to Deus Ex? Deus Ex. Oh. Um, Mankind Divided. There, there was a whole issue with the DLC. I remember like, even in the main game, like it felt, there were things that they tacked on. I think we even talked about that where the developer even had to like retool the game or we had to rework certain things in the game because they added microtransactions and and an attacked on system of, of of unlocking shit. And I remember Jim Sterling talked about that. He was really pissed off about it that it it, it made it really fucking dragged down that game. I remember the original Dusex, everyone was pumped about it. And then when the sequel came out, I mean it got decent reviews, but I think it, it annoyed enough people to where like after a few months that game was going fucking cheap. Yeah. Like it was not I don't think it did anywhere near the numbers they wanted. And I think people after playing through it were like, felt like, I think it ended up even being a, a situation where the game wasn't even completed. Like they wanted, fuck, I can't remember if they wanted it, if they if they almost made the game like cut off at a certain point because they wanted to have the DLC or yeah, if yeah. it was a sequel that it wasn't done for whatever reason, something happened. And, and I just remember they're leaving a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. This is, I, I feel like this game could go that same route. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the difference being, though, is that, you know, you know Shadow of, uh, Shadow of Mordor was a big hit. And I think Warner just sees it as an opportunity to tack it on to the sequel to make more money because they knew they had a big hit. Whereas I think Deus Ex was, was a popular game, but it was also, you know... It's it's a different kind of game. It didn't have that Lord of the Rings yeah. license on it. You know what I mean? So I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it, it doesn't look good when you you know. I think the hardcore gamer is going to look at that and be kind of pissed off about that. 
Uh, casual gamer, maybe not, but I mean, I think word of mouth will end up passing around where it's like, hey man, you can fucking buy this game or you can get Assassin's Creed. And any, either way, man, it's been a few years since an Assassin's Creed game. That shit's gonna sell. Yeah. I think they're up against the wall anyways. It'll probably be the best. It'll probably be like one of the best selling Assassin's Creed in a while because people have been waiting for that. There's People do like that series, you know? So, And if they make a good game, even better. Splatoon 2 topped software sales for July 2017. According to figures released by the MPD group, Nintendo Switch was the top-selling console for July 2017, and Splatoon 2 was the month's best-selling game in the U.S. Splatoon 2's success, coupled with the new inventory release in support of the launch, helped drive Switch on to the top spot. Overall hardware spending was up 29% over t- July 2016. Sony's PlayStation 4 came in second, having taken the top-selling console spot for June 2017. Nintendo had three games in the top seven over the month, making it the best-selling software publisher for the month. Crash Bandicoot Insanity Trilogy followed Splatoon 2 closely, coming in at number two. Grand Theft Auto 5 remains at number 3, where it charted last month, which is astonishing given that the game's age, GTA 5 is also the 4th best-selling game for 2017 so far, and the 5th over the last 12 months. Here are the top 10 best-selling games by revenue in the US for July 2017. Splatoon 2, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Grand Theft Auto 5, Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Injustice 2, Mario Kart 8, Overwatch, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and NBA 2K17. Nintendo announced earlier today Splatoon has already sold over 1 million copies, joining Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Arms, and 1-2 Switch as the million-selling piece of Switch software. Now, it's crazy, and not crazy, but it's cool. It's cool that Nintendo is uh, is fucking kicking ass right now when it comes to sales on the Switch, sales on their games, and I think having a steady release of games once a month is helping it. Do you see the steadiness of once a game a, game a month happening in 2018 for Nintendo? Also, how do you feel about the, how they're doing? Um... I mean, I think, if anything, they learned from, you know, the Wii U, like, the drought, I would say. every, And it wasn't just one drought. Because, I mean, every console has that drought, especially after you release. Usually, you got that drought. There's a lot, a lot of games. You, you get a couple of your launch releases, and then there's not a lot of sh- uh, stuff to play for a while. Um, I think with the Wii U, there were so many droughts. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was like, fuck, man. Every, it seemed like you'd go on a patch for, like, three four months where, like, What's out? I mean, there was some some like cool eShop games that you could get, but like when it came to full on retail releases, they didn't have that stuff. And then like you get like a couple of months where you got like two games, and you're like, oh fuck, all right, we got it. And then four months would pass. You know, I think it's always smart, especially if you're not if you don't have as many uh, third party developers to work with. And I think Nintendo's still trying to gain the trust of those. They were really smart to at least in the first in in at least the first year maybe even leading into year two hopefully to have that kind of staggered release yeah and what's interesting though is like i mean let's be real they could really do that if they wanted to just in re-releasing and i know yeah you know we don't like re-releases but you know when it comes to a console that nobody really played and didn't really get around very much 
you could re-release Wii U games. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and to fill in those gaps so that where you're like, no, Nintendo's re-releasing this. Hey, this month it's, uh, this month we're releasing, um, you know, like in 20, I don't know, like let's say, I don't know what's coming out in December. Like you got Mario Odyssey one month and then bam, something else comes out. And then it's like, hey, here's Super Mario 3D World. We're re-releasing it on the Switch with, uh, I mean, you maybe you add some stuff to it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just be like, here, it's a re-release. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, cool. And then you've got, like, fucking millions of people that now are, are buying the Switch that never played, didn't even know, maybe not even knew about 3D World or heard about it in passing, but like, cool, I played Odyssey. Let me check out 3D World now to see what that yeah. was like. And be like, oh, shit, I really like this. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, from 3D World, I mean, you can go into, uh, I mean, obviously, they're already doing it with some of the games, like uh, like uh, Pokken, uh, you know, they're re-releasing that. Pokken DX, okay, we knew that was coming. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that they could do that with in order to just to at least give the illusion that, hey, every month you're getting a Nintendo experience. Mm-hmm. I think it would be smart going into 2018 for them to continue to do that because with, with the good sales, I mean, you know, with... You know, sales are what matter, and third-party publishers are going to see that, and they're going to want to release. The, you know, if a console is doing well, they're going to release stuff on it. Uh, regardless of how well it sells, if a console selling your number one console seller, yeah, your games may not be selling well on it because then, and that's usually traditionally the Nintendo thing. But I mean, install base is still an install base, and you want to, as a publisher, release games on the consoles with the highest install base. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, you know, them releasing and uh, trying to continue a schedule like that would be smart, at least for the first couple of years, so that they can get the third-party support, and once that gets going, then they can stagger and be like, all right, well, maybe we'll put it every two months or every three months. Maybe we now, by year three or four, you're like, yeah, we got four games come out a year, but we've got third-party support in between that's going to help, you know, mitigate that drought. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's smart. I think it's great that they're doing well, man. I love the Switch. I was fucking hoping that I would really like it. I mean, I liked the Wii U, but I mean, like I said, the drought and there was some things about, you know, how they, I felt like at times they would shoehorn a control style into, you know, like with the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah. They had certain things they would shoehorn in where I was kind of got tired of that. And then like in a lot of cases, you know, the Wii U controls, you still use it. The Switch is the is a is a console that you know like it's a hybrid, and you still get some of that. But it's it's almost like a console for for all. You can still get the motion controls from using the Joy Cons, or you can use the traditional controller, which I personally like and I like it a lot. So I use that. So I mean, I think it's awesome that it's doing well. Yeah, I think with, I, I think it also helps like how sleek and nice des- nicely designed switches, and hey, it helps that it's not that easy to. It's it's kind of hard to find. So everyone wants it. It's hard to find. Everyone gets it. Is it Nintendo that does it on purpose where they purposely make sure to have scarcity? You know, like, is that the factor? I don't know. But people do want it. It's not like, oh, I want this because it's hard to find. I think people are like, I want this because I want to play the games that are on here. Just real quick, I was also going to just, real quick, um, I also think, like, when you talk about the design, it was really nice. It was really well designed. Um, I liked the Wii U, and I liked 
the you know for specific games the gamepad the was the tablet was fun but the tablet also looked kind of cheap and looked like a toy and i think you know when you're trying the demographic when you're trying to get a broad demographic you want to have something that is both i mean yeah you want to bring in the kids but adults i think some adults casual gamers are gonna look at this what the fuck is this is this a you know i mean i think it was kind of off-putting at times so i think design wise they hit a home run Grand Theft Auto Five, dude. It just keeps selling. I think I think it's a group of kids that buy it, trade it in the GameStop, then buy it again, and then trade it in the game. That would happen a lot when I worked when I worked at a GameStop. Grand Theft Auto Four. You don't know how many kids would go in to trade for, and then have their parents buy it for them like probably a couple weeks later. And I'd be like, Why do you keep trading it in, and why do you keep buying it? It was a good amount. Uh, probably not that people are buying it. I'm not saying like you know, that's the reason why. But it just reminded me of just like so many kids would would buy it. Okay, I remember real quick story. There's this kid came from a very broken home, but he he was a uh, he was not the uh, the nicest kid either. So you didn't really feel that bad for him. Um, he didn't have an Xbox 360, but bought Grand Theft Auto 4 the day it came out. And I said, bro, you don't have an Xbox, though. Because you'd always talk about wanting an Xbox. I'm like, why are you buying this? You don't even have it. Oh, my mom's going to buy me one. All right, well, we'll have plenty when your mom gets you an Xbox. Wait till you get an Xbox 360. Oh, no, I want to get it today. Bud, when it could, it'll probably be cheaper by the time you get your 360. What I really wanted to say was, your mom's not going to buy you a 360. She's, she's going to buy drugs, you know? She's not going to get you a 360. But the money he saved up, he bought Grand Theft Auto 4. And I said, don't open this. Because if your mom doesn't if your mom doesn't buy you an Xbox in the next three weeks, bring it back and I can give you your money back unopened. Remember what I told you. Don't open it. Okay? All right. How old was he? He was a teenager. Probably 15. Um, comes in two hours later. It's open. Okay, oh, get my money back. What did I tell you? I can't do this, dude. He traded it in, got twenty bucks for it, and because he needed cash, and yeah, because he was hungry. Uh, he bought a sixty dollar game. Damn. He probably got, well, it was cash, so it was cheap. Yeah, but yeah. Never underestimate the stupidity of a teenager. This is true. Uh, but GTA Five, dude, my, like my nephew still plays it. Yeah, all the time. Oh, mine's got such a huge community, man. That's, that's basically the reason we never got any uh, extra single player content because it became such a fucking beast in in of its own. The online that they were just like, yeah, we don't need to make any more fucking. We don't need to make any more, which is, and actually in the end, like at first I was bummed, but after a while I was like, it was kind of refreshing. I was like, no, it was, you got everything. Yeah. You got your complete story. That's it. Yeah. I mean, just work on the next one. Yeah. That's all that matters. Metroid 2 fan remake creator working on Ori and the Willow of the Wisps. Milton Gosti, the creator of Project AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake, is now working on Ori and the, and the Willow of the Wisps. 
Gotsti announced on Twitter he's joined Ori developer Moon Studios as level designer on Willow of the Wisps. I'm now part of Moon Studios, Gusty said. I'll be working on level design for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Gusty's Metroid 2 remake was shut down by Nintendo last year after it was finally released for PC. The fan project, which began development in 2012, added improved sprite graphics and new gameplay to the Game Boy title, the style of the GBA game Metroid Zero Mission. So that's pretty cool, man. You worked on like a fan remake, you know, it went out there for a little time until Nintendo give, gave him a cease and desist, but people seeing his work and what he worked on got him a job in the industry, which is really cool. I think in a lot of ways, I, I think in, for, for people that like the fan made creators, I think in some cases it's purely out of love, but I mean, I think in, in other cases, I, it, and it's not a bad thing uh, to kind of hope to like, get it seen and you know possibly pick up a job it's no different than like uh you know i mean in some cases when you see uh a hacker hacker system and basically be like hey dude you guys the security shit ain't that great i'm just letting you know and then they end up getting a job you know i mean there are in some cases noble uh experiences with hackers that do that as opposed to just wanting ransom money but i think it's almost it's kind of in the same vein where you have a developer or, or a, a someone that's wanting just making their own project to kind of show a programmer showing his chops and you know it gets noticed and it gets him a job i think that's pretty cool yeah so for everyone out there steal people's ideas nah. i'm gonna make the next great punch out game nintendo's gonna hire me how cool would that be if you got hired to work on the next Punch-Out game? Oh, man, it'd be so awesome. Would you fight to get make it Mike Tyson's Punch-Out again? Yeah, I would want to have him. I would, I would want to sign Mike Tyson. It would be about him being in his 50s, making a comeback. You, you play as Mike, him having to come back? <gasps> yep. You hear that, Nintendo? You can hire us. I'll do it. I'll do it, man. I'll make it great. I'm gonna use the same NES graphics too. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be a budget. It'll be an eShop release. See, here's the thing. Like people love that Sonic Mania. We just talked about it. The Mega Man's nine and ten when they did a remake. We'd sell quadrillions Nintendo. I got an even better idea. What? I just thought of it right now. Hear me out. The next Punch Out. It's Mike Tyson. He's beaten everybody on Earth. There's no one left for him. So he goes to space. <laughs> And he fights fucking aliens. We'll call it Mike Tyson's Intergalactic Punch-Out. Or Power Punch. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the cuff of my head right now. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking about this stuff. And he fights robots and shit. What do you think? How did it become aliens and then robots? I mean alien robots. You just ruined my dream. Sorry. I also just totally took the actual idea that they actually that actually was made. And turned it into a fucking try to repurpose it for my own. Except that was a really horrible game, Power Punch. You heard that story, right? No. Uh, You've never heard that story? Uh, Whew. Well, once we do my Punch Out ret retrospective, okay. we're, we're, you'll get the whole story. Then I ain't gonna give that up right now, buddy. We'll find out later. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So see you in a bit. <laughs>
right, so for this week's topic, I want to be, I want to bring up a conversation that I was having with Bethel a couple of days ago. I don't know if you feel this way or if you've ever felt this way before, Joe, but um, I've noticed lately, like this year, there's been a ton of games. We've talked about it on the show. We've talked about how this year there's more games to play than we've had in, in a long time. I, I've beat some big-ass fucking games, you know, like Zelda Breath of the Wild, Persona 5. I went through a good amount of Final Fantasy twelve. I've played so many games that I'm kind of, like, not getting bored, but I'm just kind of, like, really, like, I don't want to say burned out. It's like I want to, yeah, maybe burned out. Uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the best way of saying it is burned out. I'm super burned out right now on games. Like, I have fun playing for, like, 30 minutes or, 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 like, 40 minutes on a game, but... It's just like I've just been playing so much. I think you'd benefit more from playing like some smaller indie games instead of playing long, long drawn out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30, 40, 50 hour or 100 hour quests in games. Um, I haven't had much. I just haven't had time to play. I've been just, you know, between uh, training right now lately. I've just I've been doing so much of it. And then, you know, I'm kind of working on on my diet and kind of doing extra stuff because I've been getting trying to get more fit more healthier um you've been looking sexier too I've I've lost like 70 pounds man because you're 60 <laughs> thank you uh but um so I haven't really like I when I come home a lot of times lately I've just been coming home and I'm just so fucking I'm so tired that I just want to watch you know, like I'll watch tv for a little bit or I'll be like yeah I'm gonna step tonight and play games and then like I'm I'm I have no energy for it but um I've been, I've been wanting. I, I've almost had the opposite feeling of you because I haven't been playing as much stuff that I, I want to play games. I just it's been difficult to find the, the right time and the right you know for me to play because I've just been so you know just I've been so beat. Um, but I I, I think um, I've also been hitting that, especially after Zelda, like playing such a long game like that and playing it for so you know I've been hitting that point where I'm like okay. I'm ready for some bite-sized, smaller, you know, smaller adventures or smaller runs and games or just something that I can play in specific time periods. And which is kind of funny because I, I know this game doesn't seem like the one, like the kind of game for it, but mm-hmm. I almost want to say I'm ready for Destiny 2 in a way because I know it's a long drawn out thing, but I can also just play the way it's Destiny's always been set up is like you know, you can play for... Inbursts. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of ready for something like that where I can play a level or two and then be done and then come back the next day and just get a couple levels in. And then it may, you know, I mean, for all I know, it may turn into where I was playing before where I was playing like, you know, four or five hours and then I'd stop. But also, I like the fact that I can just kind of jump in and play a level or two and, and, and step out, which is kind of how I've been treating Splatoon. Uh, and it made it fun for... Like, it's making... Not that I... It's... Uh, you ever play a game where like sometimes you're just like it feels like a grind and it's a good game but you're just putting yourself where like man i'm just tired i'm playing through this with splatoon because you know i feel like that happens to me with open world games because there's like you're in this open world and you're like i gotta get here and i gotta do this and sometimes sometimes getting from point a to point b even with fast travel can feel like a chore yeah depend also specific especially when you have to Maybe open up your fast travel thing first, and you're and you're doing certain stuff. So sometimes I can play a game like that, and and Zelda was never a chore, 
but like I have Witcher 3 and the thought of going to that and going back to Witcher 3 and then having to go through all that again like open world and then like open safe like uh, fast travel points and save points kind of is just unappealing sometimes to me mm-hmm. with specific games but that's what's kind of cool like going to an, like a, like Splatoon and Nintendo games and I, I like a lot of Nintendo games in general I can go and do that play a couple of levels of Splatoon and just be like okay I can start and then because like with the Switch you just turn it off yeah, and then just turn it right back it's on, and right go right back, and I can play it too. Yeah, it's been more up my alley, and it's kind of been like that. I think Splatoon, in a way, has been kind of like that, giving me that, almost giving me that, like, yeah, I think I'm ready for Destiny now, mm-hmm. to kind of get those that gaming and burst kind of thing again, to to you know, more where I can just fit it into my time. So it's kind of interesting how that's happened. How I'm yeah, kind of yeah. like, like now I'm kind of ready for it. <laughs> like I think too, like this Tuesday, the Uncharted is coming out. The the but I heard it was shorter though, so that kind of like I'm anticipating that because it won't be too long. I you know what's funny is like yeah, and I saw the reviews for it, and the reviews are decent and everything, and you know like I, I feel like it's it's more uncharted and it's yeah. fine. For whatever reason, the excitement I had for it when it first was announced and when you first saw the first few trailers, I don't have any desire right now to play that. Like I know yeah. it's cool. And it's a smaller, it's a, it's maybe, I think there was like eight to 10 hours or maybe a little bit longer than that, but like not so long, but I'm just like, it's more uncharted. I've had my fill, you know, after playing four, I love, you know, like I said, I really had a lot of fun for, but I don't really see it as something that I am all that hungry to download or even play. Even, I would even say as a, as a Black Friday buy, like the way I'm thinking right now, it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably wait on that for and i wouldn't even i don't think it would kill me to not play it <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. like i don't know for me that's just how i feel about it right now mm-hmm. um also like you you're talking about all that kind of brought up as well and like a lot of people have brought this up and it, it's it's not annoying but i have found it to be true and i don't like that it's true for me i don't think other other people feel this way but playing Legend of Zelda has kind of changed my view on open world games. Like, honestly, like, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's not a bad game. I'm just not... Mo- I've been. T- I've talked about it for a- the past couple of weeks, but I've just not been that motivated to continue it. I honestly wish I would have played that game first. Like, bought it the week before Zelda came out. Because that game, Horizon Zero Dawn, was coming out a week before Legend of Zelda. If I knew what I know now, I would have gotten Horizon the day it came out and tried to beat it. Or beat it and then play Zelda. Because after Zelda, going into another open world game, I'm missing certain things I could do. And I'm not saying like, oh, being in Hyrule or swinging a sword or doing this or doing that. No, I think more of what, what Breath of the Wild did for open world games like really getting from point A to point B, not talking about fast travel, but like gliding, gliding down a hill, like that, I don't know, man, not being able, like, it's, and it's not that bad, it's like shaving off, what, five seconds, maybe, in Horizon, certain certain aspects, but I just got, I felt like it just took, it took longer to get from point A to point B in Horizon, where... Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild was a bigger map, but from getting to point A to point B was fun because from point A to point B became from point A to point C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Now we're on to B. Where Horizon just feels 
Okay, I gotta get from point A to point B. And okay, here's point A. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go see a little bit over here because I wanna grab a few things. And oh, what's going on over here? Okay, I'm just gonna go to my main obje objective, you know? I wouldn't get lost as much as I, I hope to in, in other. I don't know. It just made open world games more. What? Fun to explore. And I. I and it's Gorilla's first one. Well, it's also Nintendo's first. I don't want to see, and that's the thing. That's why I hate saying it too, because I don't want to judge. I don't think it's fair to judge Horizon to Breath of the Wild. I think more of what I'm trying to say is I wish, I kind of wish I played Horizon first before Zelda. Honestly, I I think a big part of like with Zelda was that because I did I don't know about you, but I did most of the Zelda, almost everything I did in Zelda was um, by foot. I didn't really use horses. Me neither. I don't even think Bethel did either. And, but I think the biggest thing with Zelda was like, like having all those shrines made. Uh, you know, I didn't even I didn't even find half the shit you guys found. But having those shrines kind of made all those trips. Um, it made them funner because you were always on the lookout for a shrine. I I was trying to get you know, um, and it just. You know, it made those trips, and then like you'd get the the blood moon pop up thing. Little things would happen here and there that just made everything kind of feel a little bit more random, and and that was kind of cool. It was it was it wasn't uh, it was it made those those trips seem not as as long. Uh, and I think with a game like Horizon, there's there's other there's stuff to do to keep you busy on. On, there's the same thing it's just it's just a different style of it I feel like you know like we're in you know Zelda you were doing you know a lot, I mean yeah you could you could technically hunt in Zelda too but you were looking for the shrines and stuff I feel like we're in Horizon like the big thing is hunting and scavenging that's that's basically what will burn up a lot of your time and um, so I didn't mind it, and, and Horizon's a perfect example of another game where I'm just kind of like a little, I'm not, you know, like you're saying, burnt out might not be the right word, but I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know if I how I can jump into a game like that and put all that kind of time in, and just be, you know, and and, and not feel fatigued. Um, I still like I still like that game, uh, but it's just, yeah, I don't know, it's 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 different. I. I'm also of the, the kind of the take, like, for all the good things that Zelda did, like, that has added, I felt like it's added to Nintendo's, I, like, it's more of a thing where it's added to what Nintendo can do for an open world game for themselves, not so much for the genre in general, because open world games are, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of the people that make open world games right now are, their idea of adding, or uh, of changing things up is just adding more just adding more shit to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not so much, it's like you're saying, it's not so much about just adding more shit to do. It's about making those trips memorable and making the things that happen more memorable instead of just being like, oh, here's like 30 million more uh, fetch quests or, you know, Assassin's Creed. Like, oh, I, let's just go, there's 30 more kill uh, assassin missions just on the side. You know, been there done that you know what i mean and i think 
I think a big part of it wasn't so much just it was just it was fun to see Nintendo's finally do its version of of an open world game, and it was different because yeah. you know when Nintendo does it, it's always going to be different. And it's not it's not perfect, and but I, it did do enough. And I don't think it's gonna it, I don't think it really is gonna revolutionize open world games at all. I just you know it was just fun to see Nintendo's take on it. Mm-hmm. And now that we've seen their take, which is admittedly a little bit different, not perfect at all, you know, it has its quirks and everything like that. Going back to what we're already used to, the standard open world game, I think my, maybe that's for you is the biggest, the big difference is just that it's just like, yeah, it's going back to now. You now you've tried Nintendo's thing, which is admittedly a little bit different, and now you're going back to just like, oh, and, and here's your standard open world game, you know. So I mean, you know, it's you you bring up, it is an interesting. Like a comparison and how, and I can totally see how you would be, it would have been, like you're saying, probably a better idea to play Horizon first and then go into Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's just my thing when it comes down to it. And, um, look, Breath of the Wild isn't a, like the perfect open world game, but I think it did, I think it's going to help other open world games and what i mean by that is not we're not going to get gta 6 whatever whatever the next gta game it's not going to play like zelda but i think where rockstar was the one to kind of bring it in and like tell you hey we you can do open world games um i think every other company that did a game an open world game was just like okay well this is what open world game is is big stuff and it's a city and we'll throw some cars or spacecrafts or whatever and have a couple of missions collect your your you know feathers in Assassin's Creed and there was never any anything where hey how can we improve this it was just more let's more add more toys you know to where i think Zelda Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild was like okay what kind of adventure can we have in this open world you know how can we make this Work for the character and what he needs to do. It's, I get you. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate too because with like with a lot of um, okay, uh, with a lot of like um, specific companies in general, like we were talking about Assassin's Creed, you know, I, I felt like for a good for a long while, like uh, Ubisoft is the publisher of of uh, like games like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Um, this they took open world and they just made it into this formula, like this generic formula that all of their games. That every game they ran across had to do be the, basically the same way, and I mean, not just action adventure games, not their first person, but even their racing games. I've even heard games like the crew, like the crew had all this elements where you had to unlock shit on a map, and it really kind of made games, especially their games, just seem so they got so fucking stale, and it wasn't fun to play. It's like almost like where if you played one, you played them all. Like Assassin's Creed is like you played one, you played them all. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> Far Cry played one the next few even with I mean I'll give you an example like I played Far Cry 3 and you look at Far Cry 3 it's first person shoot it's a first person shooter uh, but you compare it to like what Assassin's Creed does and or you compared it to what um, what was it uh, the 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 Hacker game. I'm already forgetting the fucking name of it. Uh, uh, Sleeping Dogs. No, 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 not hey, Sleeping. Sleeping Dogs. Oh wait, no, no, no. What is that? Uh, uh, Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You compared what they did, and when you looked at the, the similarities, 
mini side game side quests uh climbing up in a lot of cases climbing up shit to unlock parts of the to the of the to the map um all that shit, you're like it's the same fucking game um far cry 3 i liked a lot you know what i mean and it, it's it's this cool example of this is like i like far cry 3 i never played far cry 4 because i looked at far cry 4 now which is like <clears throat> it's the same shit <laughs> far cry primal came out and it looked cool and like oh like it was like oh the setting is interesting but then i'm like it's the same game you know what i mean like for an open world first person shooter it's it's a first person shooter but it's an open world game but ubisoft was like it's like it's the same formula it's the same game so i didn't want to play it I had someone tell me they were saying like, oh man, I played Far Cry Primal and it's like, it's really cool. And it's someone that's kind of a novice in games and it's not big on them, but he was telling me, it's like, yeah, it's really cool. You know, they have a language, you, you hunt and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? The way you describe it makes it sound really, really cool because you're enthusiastic. I'm all, I've played a Far Cry game before, unfortunately. So I already know how it's going to go. Yeah. And as cool as that sounds, I mean, I, I was like, if I'd never played Far Cry 3, what you're describing to me, I would go out right now and want to go buy it. I would go buy yeah. it because the way you're describing it. But because I've played three, I know what's going to happen. I know it as cool as it sounds from your perspective. I know that about an hour or two and I'm going to be like, yeah, it's the same game. Even with a cool story and everything, it's the same game. So like, you know, in, in a lot of these companies, they take the open world game and they just make it generic and cookie cutter. And with the exception of Watch Dogs 2, which I really liked. But still, it was a lot of it still was following the, that formula. Playing a game like Zelda is refreshing because it's like finally a different take on it. You know, it wasn't so much about like there's a million things on this map. I got to go find them. No, no. You got actually had to go experience things and like, you know, go through it. So it was it's it's cool to have just a different viewpoint on that style of game. So to kind of wrap up this topic on video game burnout. How long does it usually take for you to kind of get out of the burnout phase when it comes to video games? Um, I think it, it just comes and goes, man. It just depends on every so often. Every, eventually something will come that just is like, wow, it makes me want to play. Like, I think I went through it at one point and then Rocket League came out and I was like, fuck, man. All I want to do is play Rocket League and it, you know, like yeah, it yeah. rekindled all the like wanting to play. It usually takes like a game... To kind of bring that, like, I guess, to ignite the flame again. Do you think Do you think also upcoming games have a lot to do with burnout? Like, you're playing all these games and you're like, you know what, I really want to play Super Mario Odyssey. I'm just waiting for that now. Do you think that also factors into burnout? No, I, I don't know. And, like, for me, really, I, and it's funny because it's like, I'm burnt out with specific types of games. I feel like in certain aspects I am, I'm like... But I'm not, uh, like me personally, right now I'm trying to find time just to play them. You know what I mean? I, I'm so tired. I'm going through more of just a fatigue in general. But like I was noticing like having the Switch has been pretty awesome because I mean I'm getting a, a different Nintendo game every month that's really making me want to keep continue to play anyways. I just, it sucks that I don't have enough time to go on and play these games. But like with an open world game like and that's where that's that's one area in one game where i am i feel like i'm totally burned out with it, it just usually takes i don't i don't know it just takes a game like like what nintendo does but unfortunately because so many other companies make the same kind of games it's gonna take someone to really look outside the box for me to be like to find a game where i'm like oh this is awesome this yeah. is really cool or um 
or in some cases it takes a company that just knows their shit and does it well to create a new a, a, like a gta 6 and i hate to say that but like you know i'll get i'll get tired of open world games and stuff like that and then like a, a new gta will come out or a, a red dead you know once that comes out will come i'll play it and be like okay fuck yeah man i love these games again i know why i love these games yeah. because you know and rockstar is one to do them so well you know like so well and and you start then I like for me and just like I start to realize like yeah this is this is why I like these games you know so it usually is one of those things where just you just I end up having to wait for that next f- fun just super fun experience you know when you when you look at a game and it does the same thing that the other one does and y- you know you're like I've been there done that you, you start getting the whole it's like deja vu. Sometimes it's yeah. not so fun, you know? So you look for the fun moments and the fun experiences. And that's probably, like like I was saying, like that's the reason why I liked uh, uh, Watch Dogs 2 because it was, it, even though for once it was like, yes, it's a Ubisoft game and it did a lot of the same stuff that other games, it was actually fun. Uh-huh. And it was funny and I enjoyed the story. So it was, it was definitely one of those things where it was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I like this still. Even though it was monotonous. But I feel like other companies can definitely do that a lot better like Rockstar is the fucking king of yeah, those yeah. games cool alright um, well that's gonna be it for this week in third party controller podcast um kinda miss Bethel I fucked up it sucks that he's not here yeah you fucked up dude I know I fucked up next week trust me guys it'll be a, a Bethel episode he'll be back the trio will be back. It won't be two-party controller podcasts. I'm sorry, Bethel. It's my fault. It is. You feel horrible right now. I do. I miss my friend. I miss him, too. I miss him sexually. You do. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys want to send us any questions, you can send it to us at thirdpartycontrollerpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send it to us on our Instagram at thirdpartycontroller podcast um but yeah uh thanks for listening i am your host jesse p.s libra with (coughs) dormers and we may not be as good as everyone else but we gotta get the job done later Grand Theft Auto Insane Trilogy, Grand Theft Crash...